0: That moment, I was just like, I, I don't know if I've ever had anyone look at me like that. Or if they have, I didn't notice or care. So it was just, whoa. I just felt a jolt into my body. You know, like I was struck by lightning or something.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Coffee Shop AU. I'm Jay, your host. I'm trans, non-binary, neurodivergent, and currently based in Seoul, Korea. My pronouns are they, them, and I believe that queer folks like me deserve more safe spaces to be ourselves and to share our stories. To help me do just that, today I am here with my friend RV, who's joining me from an ocean away. Hi RV, how are you? I'm good, Jay. How are you doing today? Um, I'm good. I have this gigantic mug of hot Americano in front of me because I am still kind of trying to wake up because it's morning time for me, but it is evening for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's like after 830 at night here and I am not having a hot drink. I really wish I was. I went out to the grocery store. I forgot to buy matcha. Oh no. I wanted to buy matcha and then I got everything else on my list. And then I realized, oh, I forgot to put matcha on my list. So I am not drinking a nice warm mug of matcha as I would love to be right now. I am just simply drinking water. But yeah, I like for you that you're having a nice hot coffee to wake you up. (laughs)
1: Thank you. I'm a little sad for you. Is matcha your favorite drink?
0: It is. I am a matcha girly through and through. I love to drink matcha, eat matcha flavored things. I love to smell like matcha. <laughs> I am I am just grass. I I am grass. I am nature.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about who you are and where you are. <laughs> And why you are. Um,
0: Okay, so who am I?
1: Simple question. Who
0: am I? All right. Uh, Hi, everybody. I'm RV. I am not a recreational vehicle. Just to make that clear. You cannot ride me without my consent. Um, But
1: (laughs) Starting off off, uh, full gear.
0: Yeah, right on brand. This is very on brand for Jay and I um <laughs> that's true no th- those like the first initials of my two first names i'm currently in the cayman islands in grand cayman i am born and raised here and yeah i just recently moved back here from london so that's the where i am mm-hmm. but in terms of who i am oh gosh who am i okay well if i was to describe myself mm-hmm. i am a black cis woman afro latina Phenotypically, you know, I don't look fully black, but I am mostly black. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a black mom, and my heritage is Caribbean, so I am Caymanian. Mm-hmm. But my grandfather, my mom's dad, is from Belize, um, and my dad is from Honduras. So. Right. You know, I have a lot of different mixtures. I have like Latin Caribbean cultures in the mix. So Mm -hmm. very colorful, very flavorful upbringing. Yeah. Very proud of that. I'm proud of who I am. I'm a cancer survivor and I really have a lot of love to give. I really care. I have big dreams for myself and for the people around me and the world that I live in. And yeah, I feel like that's, that's who I am. Determined, resilient, caring, and... I think I'm a bit funny. I make Jay laugh sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: You do make me laugh.
0: Why does this sound like <laughs> like you know those like dating videos, like those like like profiles? <laughs> <laughs> like for like the early oh like gosh. the 90s. I think it was like like you know those like very vintage... Yeah,
1: the video ones where you like <laughs> record yourself talking. I like long walks on the beach. Beach.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah that's what I felt like which you
1: literally have access to yeah um do you like long walks on the beach I do
0: like long walks on the beach I'm very grateful to be like in nature I love it here honestly Mm -hmm. I have been on the search for home for the last like 12 years I mean moving to London 12 years ago and then moving back to the Cayman Islands for a bit, then moving back to London, and then moving back to the Cayman Islands for a bit, and then, you know, pandemic happened, then moved back to London for a bit, then moved to Korea. We'll get into that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's where Jay and I met. And then moving from Korea back to London this year, and then from London back to Cayman. And honestly, in all of that, I realized that home was always home, you know? I feel so at peace here, mm-hmm. everything that I value, well, most of the things that I value are here. I have the beach. I have nature. I can see stars at night. I can see planets sometimes. I feel so great.
1: Yeah, you sent me pictures of the night sky and I could see the stars in the photo, which is amazing, and the palm trees. How could you not feel at peace? It's just it's oh, beautiful there. I just, yeah, I love it here so let's talk a little bit about how we first met as you said you were in korea before you moved back to london before moving back to Mm cayman um how would you describe our first meeting
0: okay alrighty. well let me set the scene i'll set the scene Mm -hmm. for
1: y'all always
0: um it was november 4th a saturday (laughs) last year gangnam (laughs) A vegan restaurant.
1: I was not expecting you to measure the exact (laughs) date. That's impressive.
0: I am an elephant in that way. Like I am very sentimental. Mm -hmm. I remember dates and like I will remember like at least like the year Mm -hmm. if it's gone like a lot of time. Yeah. But I try to make note of dates so I can be like, Oh yeah, this was the day and year that I met this group of friends or this particular person. Mm -hmm because I don't know, it just feels really special. But yeah, I know the exact date. I still have it in my calendar
1: okay and it
0: and it has lunch with mm mm-mm and mm so you are one of the mm in there right so yeah so we met through a friend Mm -hmm. and everyone there is queer and there's intersectionality of identities and backgrounds yeah i just thought that was so cool that we all came together and found each other in south
1: korea there were some amazing vegan pizzas and oh my god did somebody have a burger Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. There were nachos or something. It was like a really. um, Well, the food was great. That's what I'm trying to say. The food was just really good. Yeah,
0: the food was amazing. I mean, I was thinking about the food as Mm. well. Yeah. So it was just this, you know, little uh, quirky group of queers uh, meeting up (laughs) at this vegan restaurant i remember speaking to this particular friend about how i'm looking to meet more queer people in korea because i had just come out yeah. um, a few months prior and they told me it's like yeah i know somebody and they're pretty like in the queer community in korea or like in seoul specifically mm-hmm. so i was just like okay awesome yeah like invite them like let's meet and see how this goes so i remember the three of us got there we were just kind of hanging out and going through the menu and then you walked in and I just remember watching this just stunning, well dressed human being just walk by Ooh. with like almost full black outfit and like really cool haircut. And you have this like cool like bag. I don't know if it was like a satchel or something. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> a cool. Wow. I was just A cool like,
1: human being in wow. an almost all black outfit <laughs> with a satchel. <laughs> I oh. love that description of me. <laughs> I mean, I
0: mean, <laughs> I was was just like, wow, they're really attractive. Wow, they're really well-dressed. I was like, okay, awesome. Wow, you're
1: really stroking my ego right now.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks.
1: I mean, the sentiment was pretty similar. Like, I saw the three of you sitting there, and I was like, wow, these people are just radiant. You looked so happy to be there, which is always a good sign when you're meeting anybody for the first time. This is starting to sound like that date thing again, but it was like a like a friendship blind date. I didn't know yeah. who I was meeting and you were really like I just remember your smile because you're always smiling. And you had a little white streak of hair, like, at the top of your head. And I was like, whoa, that is so cool. And I probably asked you, oh, is that natural? Because I really thought it was just the most awesome thing I've ever seen. And also, you just seemed so happy. <laughs> and I love happy people. <laughs> that was my first impression of
0: you. Yeah, yeah. I think people have heard of this comparison of Black Cat Energy mm-hmm and golden retriever energy. When you walked in, I was like, oh, this person has black cat energy. And then I'm here with my golden retriever energy. (laughs) That's just, this is like literally like jumping in my seat. So happy to meet a new person.
1: (laughs) That's pretty accurate. Um, I told you before that after I got to know you a little bit, we went for drinks with another friend of mine and either he said it to me or I said it to him. I don't remember which, but we basically where, like, her personality is a Labrador made out of sunshine. And <laughs> so you're somebody that makes people feel very comfortable and happy to be around you. And you're so generous with yourself as well. So I really wanted to do this episode with you.
0: I'm really happy. Um,
1: Thank you for being here.
0: Yeah, I'm happy to do this. Yeah,
1: I'm going to thank you again at the end. Spoiler alert, but... I know, I know. <laughs>
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's not the end of the podcast, y'all. It's
1: not the end of the podcast. (laughs) As you mentioned earlier, you had been out for not too long when we met. So let's get into that. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. How do you identify now?
0: I am a lesbian. Um, I feel like I knew I was queer from the time I was about seven. I had a pretty intense friendship with my first friend at a new school. Um, she was also my first kiss. We used to play house under the jungle gym and, you know, we would switch roles and like it was just like this feels right. This feels natural. I didn't question anything, nothing about it felt wrong. It felt more comfortable to me than the idea of like playing pretend in that way with boys a couple of years later i came out as bi at 13 when i started to explore my sexuality in that way i had a situationship with a friend <laughs> with a girl that didn't end too well but you know you live and you learn and then i came out as lesbian the first time when i was 18 plot twist when i came out last year as lesbian that was not the first time i came out as lesbian Mm -hmm. i actually came out as lesbian when i was 18. but at that point in time i just did not feel safe i was going through a really really tough time like i said i mentioned before i'm a cancer survivor so at that point in time i had a recurrence and had to undergo chemotherapy again so i just i didn't feel safe i didn't feel like in a good headspace to really embrace that part of myself but part of me wishes that I didn't run back into the closet. Mm. That I, I that I had held on to that when it happened, when that first cracking open happened, and everything made sense to me. I wish I had held on to that and I'd listened and saved myself. You know, over a decade of what I felt was confusion in my life. It just felt like I went from queer, to bi to lesbian, to back into the closet, to Bye question mark to question mark question mark question mark to buy maybe asexual maybe question mark question mark question mark to hmm pause just blank the entire pandemic I was like nothing I'm getting nothing to the lesbian that was my pipeline <laughs> that was my journey mm-hmm. in essence um but yeah that's that's listen
1: I'm definitely going to draw up a timeline <laughs> for your journey to so help with understanding because it's important yeah this
0: is important <laughs> thank you <laughs> Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's, that's just been mm-hmm. my journey. And now I am a year and a half uh, into my journey. I came out last April and in the last year and a half, I feel like I've really, really gotten a lot more comfortable in myself, in my sexuality and just who I am as a person. And I feel like part of this confidence comes from that. There's a lot of other parts about myself and my life and my journey that factor in and my sexuality is is a part of myself as a multifaceted human being. It's a very important part, but like in the grand scheme, it's like, yeah, this is one part of myself that was really necessary for me to come to terms with. And then everything else fell into place around the same time. I'm feeling pretty good. And yeah, I'm happy to be who I am. I'm proud to be lesbian.
1: Hell yeah. You mentioned a situationship with your friend in... Was that in middle school or high school?
0: That was in... So I went to a school that had the UK system. I was in secondary school. So like middle and high school, yeah.
1: Do you think that that experience helped or hindered your journey of coming to embrace your lesbian self? <laughs>
0: Um, no, I feel like it did play a part in me getting closer to that conclusion, like, you know, a few years later. At that point in time, I also met my first boyfriend and one on my very first date, had <laughs> my first kiss with a guy.
1: Mm-hmm. The universe is a weird place.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, hmm, it's not giving. It's not giving what it's supposed to yeah. give. I wonder why. So, <laughs> I wonder why. Wonder what that was all Mm. about. Gosh, looking at my romantic history (laughs) makes sense now. I I think that that was actually such a valuable experience. Like I said, it didn't end well. I just was not feeling it with my boyfriend and I broke things off with him like a month in, but she also had Mm -hmm. a boyfriend at the time and they were kind of doing an open thing. It's pretty progressive
1: for the time, I feel.
0: Right, yeah at that point in time i just i didn't really care just kind of feeling things out but i felt so much more heartbroken when she kind of clung to her boyfriend more right and like i asked her to my prom because i heard the rumors they had broken up and she was like actually she's going to prom with her boyfriend they got back together and i was like shattered It was just, oh my gosh. Yeah, that hurt. And then that was it. We just kind of stopped messing about. I was like, okay, yeah, she's back with him. She's not going to leave this guy. She's not going to choose me. I'm just going to, I'm going to just go crawl into my little hole and lick my wounds and just keep it pushing. But yeah, I'm so grateful. Like I'm so grateful for that experience. I'm so grateful for her. I got to learn this part of myself. So I knew for a fact I was attracted to women and non-men and I was just like, yeah, yeah, this is a, definitely a very real part of myself. It was just coming to terms with the fact that I didn't like men, that I wasn't really like attracted to men emotionally, romantically, or sexually. I, would, I just had an aesthetic attraction to them because that's just, that's heteronormativity. <laughs> I was attracted to masculinity, not men. The two are not necessarily synonymous.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. I remember you were saying that when you still thought that you were probably bi and still attracted to men, Mm -hmm. the kind of men that you found yourself attracted to were people with more feminine aesthetics. And I thought that was really interesting. As a pansexual non-binary person, I also find men with feminine aesthetics, I would say like androgynous style quite attractive. Mm -hmm. But That's not just an aesthetic appreciation for me though, like I do find them... I think it's interesting that two people can be aesthetically attracted to the same type of people and your orientation could be so different. Yeah. Your aesthetic attraction doesn't necessarily have a lot to do with your orientation sometimes and sometimes they are a clue to your orientation. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, you know, like for me... (laughs) Looking back at my track record, have I actually ever really been emotionally, romantically or sexually attracted to men in my experience? And like, who were the men that I actually found? Oh, wow, I want to approach them at least. And then actually talking to them, going on dates, trying to get closer. And it was just like, (laughs) no. But yeah, like finding, I found like a more traditionally like feminine or feminine qualities on cis men, very attractive. And for me, that was a clue to my lesbianism. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And for a lot of bisexual and pansexual people, that validates within themselves that this is a big thing. They are very queer because they appreciate gender non-conforming people in that way. Like to see somebody who is, you know, assigned male at birth, really like coming into their femininity and embracing that, that is so interesting and so cool and, and can be so attractive and vice versa. Mm. Uh, but for me, that was like a clue. It was just like, oh yeah, you like you like pretty men. <laughs> You're really drawn to these pretty men. Don't, I want nothing to do with them beyond the fact that they're pretty. Um, but like, since having that crack open of like, I'm actually lesbian, I really do not care about men <laughs> in that way. I don't feel that aesthetic attraction towards any man really it's kind of like an objective. Oh, oh, they are, they're pretty or they look good. But I'm like, I feel nothing now in the last year and a half. Oh, that's shifted. Yeah, it completely shifted. Mm -hmm. So I don't even pay attention anymore. Yeah, I don't really find any man attractive, but I was just objectively like, oh yeah, okay. I see why people get it
1: yeah Uh, i think a big part of getting to define your orientation your sexuality and who you're attracted to is unless you are pan like me unless you are attracted to people of pretty much all genders then figuring out what you're not attracted to can be a huge part of finding out who you are or a big part of yourself so I love that every time, every time we speak about attraction, you're like, I like women and non-men. Period. (laughs) That's a very clear boundary. And I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I will not elaborate. Women and (laughs) non-men.
1: Yeah. And if you you don't know what that means, non-men, go look it up. There are many, many genders in this world. I am one of them. Mm -hmm. And, you know some people are attracted to me thank you very much so yeah it's i love it when people are pretty clear and concise about what they're attracted to unlike me i'm like everything everyone
0: you're rated e for everybody
1: yeah and i love that for you well what does that mean though like explicit <laughs> is rated e explicit
0: yeah no rated e for everybody
1: Oh, did E for everybody. <laughs> okay, I just got that. Yeah, and I, and, I,
0: <laughs> and I love that for you. I love that for you. Shout out to my pansexual baddies. Much love to you.
1: Oh my gosh, seriously. It's actually kind of surprising how few pansexual people I know in real life. I know like two. Mm. I've met a lot more other queer people with different orientations. But with the two pansexual people I've met, we all had shared in this frustration That whenever you say, I'm pansexual, everybody just assumes that you're willing to hook up with anybody. And it's actually kind of the opposite because there's no limitation in, you know, the anatomy, gender identity, gender expression. What we're looking for are like other qualities that are even more specific that are very much aligned with our values and like what we think are important in people. And it's very, very rare to find those people who have those qualities and like us back and we're attracted to each other on similar levels. And we're just like, it's really, really hard to find people we're attracted to, even though on paper we have a wider pool of mm-hmm. people we could potentially be attracted to.
0: Yeah, it's still okay to be selective, you know. Yeah. I feel like as a lesbian, people will be like, Oh yeah, so then you wanna date every single girl that you see or every single, you know, non man that you see, like That's not the case. Mm -hmm. But like in terms of the size of the pool, even though your pool is wider, I totally understand. And I think it's so valid to be selective and to feel like, yes, there's no limitations in who the person is physically or how they identify. But in terms of their energy and who they are as a person at their core, that's what really matters. And I think that's
1: awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. I have another question for you. What Prompted you, if anything, to come out the second time as a lesbian.
0: Okay, yeah. So I'll keep my thing brief. It was essentially a an encounter with a queer woman in a certain establishment in Seoul.
1: Nope, I, that is not the way. <laughs> that you sounds know. so seedy. <laughs> I am not comfortable with that description. I I don't like it when uh <laughs> queer, you know, queer people are described with those <laughs> with those terms. You
0: establishment. Went... Oh gosh.
1: Just to be clear. <laughs> she was not a sex worker, right? Yeah,
0: no, and this was not a brothel. Okay.
1: Not no judgment if she was, <laughs> but um this is not this is not what we're it's talking about. It's only
0: because I want to save more of the details of this story for future episodes. So I'm not going to go into deep with this. Um but you know the full mm-hmm. story. You were there for, you know, the tail end of it. I had just gotten over that crush on that, no. that
1: woman. No. No, <laughs> when we met, you were deep in the crush. Was you that were going to had another you had to set up another appointment to go see this person.
0: Oh.
1: Because you were going to her place of work to um
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Gosh, I lost my timeline. Um, I thought you were an elephant. <laughs> no, 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 Well, because my brain, like actually, because I was like a little bit traumatic, you know, for me, like your first, my uh. first ever, what I feel was my first ever real crush. This was like my first ever real crush. This was when I felt those feelings mm-hmm. that everyone around me were feeling that I was like, I don't get it. I felt like I was cooler and I was better than all the other girls in a way, because I was like, I don't know why they're losing their minds over these boys girl, be so, so for real. Um, No, no, no. I know now. I know now. Mm -hmm. And that, that was absolutely diabolical. I did not know that my heart could dance and twist and turn in the ways that it did in like the six months that I was just like pining over this woman. Anyway, mm-hmm. okay, I'll give y'all more details. Essentially, I went into a piercing shop in Hongdae. That is the area in Seoul that Jay told me was lesbian central. And it made a lot of sense why I was just vibing with the vibes out there unknowingly. Because mm-hmm. at that point in time, I was in the question mark, question mark phase of my my journey. <laughs> where i just didn't i didn't have a label i didn't know i was like i don't think i'm bisexual i keep going back and forth and i'm like i don't know what i am but i just know that i went into this store i went to go get a date piercing and I found this place that was really popular, had really great reviews, very like foreigner friendly. I was getting my Korean up and I'm very, very proud of, you know, how much I learned over the time I was living in Korea. But I was like, okay, in terms of like getting a piercing, I don't know if I'm comfortable not having anybody that didn't know any English. And I didn't know as much Korean to describe
1: what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a little disastrous. Yeah, yeah. Potentially. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's needles. There's needles involved, y'all. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I found this place. And I walked in and I just remember seeing this very handsome woman, this tiny five foot two (laughs) handsome woman with this nice all black suit and she had glasses on and a really short haircut and she looked very androgynous, masculine presenting and I was just like, oh, the way she like carried herself around the store and everything, I just could not take my eyes off her, but I was like looking and then looking down, looking and looking down. Got my piercing, had a really nice day out. It was a really great weekend, um, but I couldn't stop thinking about her. And then I went back a month later to get my conch piercing and she was the one who did that piercing for me that day. And this particular piercing place has the smallest, rooms in the back for you to do the piercings so we are basically like knees in between each other like this close hot because you have to be very close so that the person can see and they can like get the the piercing done yeah that's true so like she's right here and i am Uh losing my shit (laughs) she's literally like breathe Mm -hmm. and i'm like i'm trying (laughs) i'm trying to Oh my God, that was like the longest 20 minutes of my life. I was like- 20 minutes? I don't know why it took that long. Because you couldn't breathe. Because I couldn't breathe. It's just like, I'm not going to hear you unless you breathe. She was alarmed. <laughs> um, and then on my way out, like, oh God, like this is just so dramatic. On my way out, I love it. I, for- I accidentally forgot my my umbrella because it was raining that day. I um, just remember this person tapping on my shoulder and I turn around and it's her and we lock eyes and she's like, you forgot your umbrella. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank you. So I grabbed it from her and like, we were wearing masks. So we can see each other. So like, I just like, I smize. So like, I
1: smiled. Mm, you do smize. Yeah.
0: You can see that I was like smiling with my eyes and she kind of like just cocked her head a little bit at me and like looked at me, looked back a bit. And that moment I was just like, I... I don't know if I've ever had anyone look at me like that or if they have, I didn't notice or care. So it was just, whoa. I just felt a jolt into my body. You know, like I was struck by lightning or something. And then like, I just walked off and I was like, oh my God, what was that? Oh my God, what was that? Oh my God, what was that? <coughs> something, yeah, I, I have to really sit with myself. So for the subsequent weeks, over the course of three weeks rather, I um sat with myself. I really, really was like, I can't stop thinking about this woman. I don't know what's going on. Um and then mm. I remembered that the year prior, when I was still in my question mark, question mark stage, a queer friend, a queer femme non binary friend, they sent me the <laughs> am I a lesbian master doc.
1: An am I a lesbian master doc? Yeah.
0: Am mm-hmm. I a lesbian master okay. doc. Okay. So the Am I a lesbian master doc is a document of prompts to help you like differentiate types of attraction like aesthetic attraction versus actual sexual attraction. Also introduced me to the concept of compulsory heterosexuality or comp comphet. Uh-huh. I did some research on it. I also saw that like people said that there's some bi erasure and stuff like that. So I was like okay, let me be very mindful. Let me tread lightly with this. Because I also don't want to deny myself the Mm -hmm. possibility of being bi either. Let's not be biphobic out here either. Um, You know? Mm -hmm. But I really...
1: (laughs) My gosh. The amount of like rope walking we have to do as queer people is insane. (laughs) i can't i have to make sure that i'm not excluding this part of myself mm-hmm. just because like that like everything no matter what wit what yep. you turn out to be <laughs> you're a minority so you're like i have to be really mindful be very mindful yeah and you're already trying to figure it out in a world where there's yeah. so little like visibility for people yeah. who look like you who are like you it really really is so it's like it's a minefield Anyway, once the dynamite goes off, like, oh, mines are not dynamites, I guess. But once it explodes, it's like everything is, whoo, like, it's it's the worst and the best. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is, it is definitely, it is a journey for sure. So, like, you know, I don't think that the doc is, like, a one-size-fits-all, uh-huh. this holy grail of information. I still think that you're allowed to explore things within yourself, still question things within yourself. Of course. Do even more research. Take anything that you see or learn off online with a grain of salt. If you can talk to a queer person or the person with the identity that you are, like, I'm trying to figure out if I'm lesbian, I'm trying to figure out if I'm bi. Mm. If you can meet somebody who identifies as that, having conversation, getting some lived experience and seeing if maybe that helps you to figure out within yourself. Sure. And if you don't figure it out or if you don't have a label, but you know that who you like is who you like then mm-hmm. that's okay as well. I did want to kind of put that out there, you yeah. know, in terms of talking about queerness and like queer identities. I don't want anyone to feel pressured to figure it out either. Yeah. You're allowed to just exist.
1: That is really true. Um, but for those of you who do want to have that process of, yeah, maybe I need this compiled document yeah. list of questions or prompts, To help me mentally go through my own experiences, yeah, you can find this document online. (laughs)
0: Yes, yes, you just
1: type in "master lesbian uh, lesbian master doc." Yeah,
0: my lesbian (laughs) master doc. I still got the PDF that I am. I a
1: lesbian. Yeah,
0: to go through. Um, It is still available online, and I personally was able to come to that conclusion within myself with the help of the doc. Uh huh. But also, really allowing myself to be present. Mm. And when I'm feeling attracted to someone and dropping down in my body and like seeing if I am having any really visceral reactions. And it wasn't until I paid attention to my attraction to men in the past versus my attraction to women and non-men, I Mm. was like, oh, this is like a whole body thing. I have never felt so alive. I've never felt so present in my body, in myself, and in my mind. I felt like a haze just came off of my eyes. And that was when I knew, because mm. I was like, this feels different. Right. Then I finished the doc, I sat with myself a bit more, and I cried. I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried, because I realized, oh, I don't like men. I never did. I never did. Mm. I have been pretending I've been an imposter. I've been a shell of myself. Mm-hmm for decades i felt so fake i had to like you know soothe myself reassure myself and heal heal that part of like feeling like i was just an impostor like who was i what was i doing the shame of that mm-hmm. unpacking that that's a whole other
1: thing yeah It's an ongoing process. Yeah. You don't come out and then it's like all sunshine and rainbows. It's okay. Now I've got this entire attic full of boxes to unpack and go through.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: That's what it means, right? Like that's why it's a journey Mm -hmm. because you have milestones, but it doesn't end with an event.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's
1: no like conclusion. Everything is just part of the process
0: yeah it was hard i i cracked i felt i felt betrayed by myself by society by my culture by religion by all of these external influences that made it so hard for me to embrace who i am and then i remembered the world that i live in i am an outlier i'm not attracted to men at all and i live in a cis heteronormative patriarchal male-centered world awesome i felt like i lost Relatability yeah. to my friends, to family. I felt like I was disappointing my family, I yeah. felt like I was disappointing myself, and, and immediately felt like an outsider. And I just crawled into a ball and I just cried the entire night. So, my first night realizing that I'm lesbian was not fun. It was not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, after crying a bit, I called my mom in London. I was like, I have something to tell you. Like, I was so scared. But I was like, I have to I have to I have to be open, I have to be honest. And I need support. We have gotten to like a really good place in our relationship and I felt like I could trust her with this and that I could trust that she would be supportive subconsciously, I feel like I knew that's why I felt comfortable calling her. And mm-hmm. so said, so done. She was like, you're still my child. You're still my daughter. I still love you. And I support you no matter what. And I bawled and bawled and bawled. And then I called my aunt and told her the same. And then she said the same. And then we hopped on a three-way call. And it was just like, I immediately started to feel a bit better. But I was just like, oh, I know this is very rare. So I, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. I do not take this for granted at all. But yeah, but like the subsequent weeks and months and, you know, like I felt so confident now moving forward, like, oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is great. Like now I'm like, okay, I know who I am. I have support. I told my friends, they were all supportive. And yeah, I, I called my grandpa and like I let him know and like we're Catholic. So like, you know, but he was just like, hey, you're still my child. You're still the child of God. And like he did that whole spiel. So that was really nice. And I realized just how much of a blessing and a privilege that is. So I don't take that for granted.
1: Yeah, it really does sound like your family, you know, your friends, you you pick out your friends usually, especially if you're in adulthood, you have some control over what kind of people become and get to stay, remain your friends, but your family, you don't get to choose. And it sounds like, even though it was understandably terrifying for you to realize that you are actually really not attracted to men in any way that's recognized by society, basically as valid. For fan people, cis women to be attracted to men is just taken as a given. And when you lie outside of that, it can be an isolating experience. Um, and we've talked about that before. but. In spite of that, your family was somehow very supportive. And yeah, that's really heartwarming to hear. I love that for you. I'm so glad that they were there for you.
0: Yeah, thank you. <sighs> yeah, that was that was definitely something that I was so worried about. And then I'm, I'm so grateful now that I have, yeah, that I don't feel like I have to hide. And I don't have to feel like an imposter mm-hmm. anymore. So yeah, then, you know, I ended up in a very long crush a very long period of limerence look up limerence y'all it is essentially romantic obsession
1: you're talking about the piercing
0: piercing yeah the piercer the person who pierced through your heart oh god (laughs) pierce my ears and pierce through my heart that's for sure um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, seeing her and like just wanting to see her. And then we exchanged Instagrams because I asked her for queer bars and women's only queer bars. And yeah, like we spoke for a bit and then we see each other when I go in there to get new jewelry or like my piercings done. I was going in there like every week and every other weekend. And then I tried to ax her out and that fell flat and it just, yeah, we just ended contact and it kind of fizzled out, but it was still like, oh my gosh, you know, it was my very first crush. I was like, oh my God, my first ever crush. Ah, uh, she might be my first girlfriend. Like, oh my yeah. God, like, yay, I finally came out. That means I can I can go after the people, you know, who I like and, mm.
1: <laughs> well. So I just see it as a very like adorable, if a little intense story If you've literally been suppressing or like been denying or were made to deny your attraction to humans, other humans, for like so many years, then of course it's gonna come bursting out. And I just love that it happened at a piercing parlor because that is such (laughs) a queer, like I just, I don't know, tattoos, piercings, anything a little bit edgy, I'm like, that's queer. That's that's very queer. Yeah. It's the perfect backdrop for a first ever proper queer crush. Yeah. Yeah. And she was queer also.
0: Like when right. we DM'd and we like really got to know each other, know about mm-hmm. a little bit about each other's stories. Um, yeah, she identifies by. But yeah, that was yeah, it was pretty intense. And you know, I have like forgiven myself uh quite a bit for like leaping and trying to run before I could crawl right literally not even a month out and i was trying to talk to this woman and like i didn't allow myself or give myself space to really just sit with myself and grow as a lesbian woman and in other ways you know like i didn't Mm -hmm, give myself mm -hmm. space for that but i am still like you know i show myself compassion for that time and i'm like you went with your feeling you went with what felt right at that moment and That's okay. You know, I did make sure that I was very respectful of her and her space. Mm -hmm. Like I went in as a customer and then I wait to see if she had a window or if she came up to me. Oftentimes she would come up to me and talk with me. But yeah, you know, it is what it is. And my ears are fine. I've actually taken out some of those piercings since. Um, not because I'm like, oh my God, I don't want any reminders. No, I just, you know, think it was just a bit getting too crowded for my ears, but I did enjoy the look that I had at the end before I took some of them out. But yeah, like, you know, it was part of my experience. That's a big part of my journey and what led me to where I'm at now. I am at a place where I don't really prioritize dating and like getting into a relationship. I feel like I'm valid in my sexuality regardless. If I act on it or not, Mm -hmm. I know what I'm feeling, you know? Yeah. I know who I'm attracted to, and I can feel that visceral reaction. And eventually, that will be something that I put on the table again and see how I feel about it, see where that fits in my life and what's important to me. But right now, I am quite content that I don't feel that pressure.
1: Yeah, exactly. You took that pressure off of yourself because when you come out as queer and it's based on who you're attracted to as in I am a lesbian I am gay I am bi I am pan then the immediate expectation from the people around you is that you'll start dating the people of the gender or genders that you're attracted to and I think it's very easy to forget that there are so many other things about this self-discovery. There are so many other things that you need to rediscover about yourself and communities that you want to find and find support from. And dating is not the end-all and be-all of coming out as queer. Like, you do not need to be dating anybody to feel validated in the queer identity that you have discovered for yourself because it's a continued exploration it's not like, okay now I'm this and this is what my life is going to look like for some people it is like that but for many other people, the work continues And you are going to find out different aspects of yourself. And that's what's beautiful about really embracing your identity as a queer person. Because it means you don't have to follow all the rules that you were made to grow up with. And dating is a choice, uh, not something that is compulsory for everybody. So I think it's great that... In the conversations that we've had recently, it sounds like you're exploring those other sides to being what it means to be a queer woman, a lesbian woman, in the specific community that you belong Mm -hmm. to and the place that you are living in right now. Mm -hmm. Now that you have come out twice, how do you feel personally about where you stand in your identity orientation who you are as a person is there a big difference before you came out and now yeah what do you think
0: yeah I huge difference i feel like the last year and a half has felt like three years i feel like i have grown so fast i have evolved so quickly and I know part of that is from previous work that I've done within myself, internal work that I've done, to be able to have these realizations and come to certain awarenesses within myself a lot quicker. But like in terms of how I'm feeling right now, I feel really great. Mm-hmm. I feel so good. I feel so confident. I feel bolder. I feel more grounded. Mm-hmm. I feel unstoppable. Yeah, I'm at a really good place in my life overall. Personally, professionally, I just feel so good and I feel so Uh blessed and touch wood, I'm gonna tap right now, you know, it stays that way. And like, even when things knock me back, I feel like I'm able to bounce back and come back 10 times stronger. Uh Since within this journey, within the last year and a half, and especially in the last few months, and then yeah, like our recent conversation, like different things, I was just like, I feel so good. That was so good to just really release certain pressure off of myself. Yeah. as a lesbian woman as a queer woman and yeah just allow myself to be yeah and allow myself to think about what's really important to me and what type of life I want to live and that it's okay if my life looks different to what other people are doing or what my peers are doing or what my family what they find important or what the people around me find important that it's okay for what I want to be different and that I don't have to date or get intimate or do anything <laughs> you know, with somebody, with people who I'm attracted to Mm. just to verify or like validate my sexuality because I don't expect that of other people. Yeah, I was like, if you identify as bisexual, as a bisexual woman, and you have never been
1: Mm. with
0: another woman or a cis woman, you're still valid. If you are openly pansexual and you have never dated or Mm gone intimate with anybody, you're still valid. You know, I just feel like the message here that I want to leave is that you're still valid you are allowed to be who you are and feel how you want to feel Mm. and go about your life in a way that feels authentic, that is full of value and meaning and feels good to you. Exactly. And that's what I'm choosing for myself. And right now I'm really happy and I'm really excited for my future. I'm really excited to live my life.
1: Yay! What are you most excited about?
0: What I'm most excited about these days and like, you know, for my future is I'm starting a really awesome career. Mm -hmm. I got a really cool job recently that I'm so excited to start and like the type of life that I'm going to build for myself and traveling, my trip to Korea next year, Mm -hmm. like all the future travels that I'll have meeting people here in the Cayman Islands, yeah. a queer community, which is here. I, I met a friend, a queer friend who was going to introduce me to like all of his friends and his community and you know, feeling fulfilled in that way, and having that sense of connection in that way. And yeah, I'm really excited for that. I'm excited to find community. I'm excited for my career. I'm excited for my life. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's so great. And I'm also excited for you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, lastly, because this is a Coffee Shop AU, I just want to end with, like, a relaxing note. So is there anything that brings you peace in your life when things get a little rough? Yeah. Or when they don't? Yeah, yeah, or when they don't, like, just
0: in general. Mm-hmm. Um, no, what really helps me feel at peace is... Uh, Being in nature, I'm very blessed to be on a beautiful island that is very connected with nature. Where I live on the island is very quiet.
1: Mm. Another
0: thing that really makes me feel at peace is a nice hot cup of tea, matcha. (laughs) Um, Going for long walks on the beach. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at the stars.
1: Alone. <laughs> alone.
0: Uh, alone. Yeah. Looking at the
1: stars.
0: Yeah. Looking at the stars, stargazing and just, yeah, just being present with myself, learning how to yeah. drop down into my body. I feel so, so at peace and like right now in my life, I feel very at peace. So yeah. Thanks for asking that question. That's a good one.
1: <laughs> oh, perfect. I'm so happy to hear that because you know, we have really stayed in touch really really stayed in touch our friendship really evolved over zoom chat like seven hour zoom chats which we have regularly i don't know how we do it it just works um and <laughs> so to have like really witnessed you go through the eventful few months or a year we're nearing we're nearing a friendship anniversary because we met in yeah. november right yeah you said november yeah, november, november yeah. and it's almost uh, by the time it airs this episode airs it might be november or past november so yeah, yeah.
0: happy for anniversary happy
1: for <laughs> anniversary you're a great friend truly yes, and you are too thank you as your friend to have seen you through all ups and downs and like just how you handled it with strength and resilience and just self-understanding. It's been like really inspirational. So I'm just so, yeah, I'm just so happy to see you where you are right now. And thank you so much again for coming and sitting down with us and sharing your story over water. Of course,
0: it's an honor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, over my water, I will be back with my matcha. I will be very much on brand moving forward, (laughs) y'all um but yeah this is awesome thank you so much for having me on jay i hope everyone enjoyed listening and yeah like always remember you are valid you are loved you deserve to be celebrated you deserve to feel good and to live a good life mm-hmm. and if you didn't hear from anybody else today then i'm gonna tell you that so
1: yeah oh that's lovely uh are you going to start a self-affirmation channel <laughs> on youtube <laughs>
0: If I do, then I'll link y'all to it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's see how everyone feels after that.
1: Yeah. This is your general vibe, though. This is who you are as a person. You're always affirming everybody (laughs) around you and yourself. And yeah, what a great note to end on. Um, I hope to see you soon. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great day or night, depending on where you are. Have a great one. Bye. Bye.